Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I am super excited about this conversation today with my guest, Susie Giddy. She is a life coach that helps clients from all over the world start living the lives they want, including more energy, more time, more money, and more joy. Susie, welcome to the show. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So I always like to ask my guests right off the bat, you are a life coach. How did you get into this? How did you find this as your calling? Oh, thank you for asking. No, I used to own an indoor tennis club, which depending on where you are, you might or might not know what that is. But here in Canada, if you want to play tennis, most of the year it has to be inside. So it was one of my big dreams. I'm very proud of it. But the time came to pursue another dream, which was I wanted to move to the Dominican Republic, my husband and my two kitty cats. So I had to sell the club, but you couldn't take the coach out of me. I was a tennis coach, right? And so when I got there, I was like, something's really missing. And I knew I didn't want to have another giant facility because I wanted to have flexibility. So I went, I decided I'm a life coach and studied for it for a couple of years, and it's absolutely perfect. perfect mm, I know. love that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I love that. And so one of the things that you do is you help people start living. So tell me a little bit more about that. Great question. As you may know, people in the life coaching world and maybe in the consulting world and maybe in a lot of worlds want you to find a niche. Like you're going to be a wellness coach or you're going to be a grief coach. You're going to be this kind of coach. But the truth of the matter is when I went to life coaching school, we were trained to be life coaches, right? And the reason why I've never wanted to have a niche is because what I'd actually do is they help people start living the lives that they want, not living, not like on autopilot, especially mm-hmm. women, I have to say. We think that we're supposed to be this or we're supposed to be that. But when you when you want to start living, you want to start living what's true for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I love this comment about niche because I know a lot of my listeners are entrepreneurs or want to be entrepreneurs. So I want to touch on that. I never did niche down either. People are like, you have to get so narrow. And what I found is that there is value in that if you're really clear on what you, who you want to serve and that you can't serve other people. What I found from working with my business coach was that I needed to niche down my message on social media to find those people, but it didn't mean I couldn't have different clients. So I do a lot with nonprofits. I do a lot with individuals and I do a lot with businesses. But when you, when I post, you can tell who I'm writing to, if that makes sense. 
Isn't that perfect? The difference is where do you market into? Yes. But not who are you coaching for? Because the the way that we coach, life coaching, is based yeah. on a certain amount of competencies. And they're the same whether you're coaching somebody for relationship or money or whatever. It's the same. Because life coaches, we know that you have your answers inside of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we're asking you powerful questions is to find the answers that are inside of you. So it doesn't matter what the niche is. Yeah, exactly. Because that kind of is your niche, (laughs) finding (laughs) what's inside you. I love that. So one of the things that you do is you talk a lot about getting stuff done. So can you tell me a little bit about your thought process and how you help clients to actually get stuff done to achieve and start living the lives they want to live. Thank you so much for asking me that question because it's, I feel like it's the nuts and bolts. One of the pieces of the nuts and bolts of what I do is then a person comes to me. Let me think of an example. Okay. A person comes to me and what they, what one part of their start living could easily be that they want to start moving their body more. Right. So they're going to write down or they're going to put it in their calendar that every day they're going to move their body. Notice I'm not saying exercise. I'm saying move their body in a way that makes them happy. Right. They write it down. We have a session. They're going to walk, say, to the end of the cul-de-sac and back. Okay. Then they're determined. (laughs) That's what they're going to do. And then at their check-in, because in coaching, there's always a check-in. They haven't walked. So with getting stuff done really helps zero in on why. First of all, it tells us what we want to accomplish. And then when we don't do it, it it uncovers the why. In this particular case that I'm thinking of with the client, it was a great example because she's a mom on her own. She has big, heavy-duty jobs. She does all the shopping, the pool chemicals, all that. So she covered when she did this work was because she thought it was more important to make dinner. Now, put the pool chemicals in. Send five more emails. That right? Mm-hmm. More important than her walking and moving her body. So this getting stuff done really helps people identify what were they thinking, right? What were- yeah. What were they thinking and move to a better belief, a better way of thinking? Like, and then that then helps them set up a better action plan. Is this making sense what I'm saying, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. And I think so many times the listeners, anybody has a really, they have a really big goal or something that they really want to accomplish and they put it on their calendar. They're all gung-ho. And you mentioned the check-in and they haven't done it. So why do you find that people actually don't do what they said they wanted? I would say it comes down really to two major things. One is an underlying belief system Mm -hmm. that they're not enough. They're not good enough. There's something's not right. Like in this client's case, 
She really thought that everything else was more important than her. But really, mm. you have to take care of yourself. She has to put herself. Like she had this belief that her, quote, children come first. Mm -hmm. So it's oftentimes some belief like that's not serving us, right? Comes yeah. from somewhere. Also, I, the other one, and they might be intermingled, is fear, right? Fear yeah. than I say so you want to start being on podcast, right? Yeah. Fear that you're going to put your message out there and nobody's going to want to talk to you. So rather than um, experiencing the unpleasant um, emotion of um, disappointment and that yeah. fear, people avoid it. Yeah. Or they think it's going to, they think, I think a bit, maybe even a better way to say it is they project into the future what the response is going to be. Did you ever not do your income taxes? Because you think it's going to be so hard. You think you're not going to be able to find the papers. You think you're going to owe so much money. Ba, 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 ba. So you don't do it. It's because yeah. people think and believe it to be true that by doing the thing, they're going to have a negative result. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it's that belief system of we want more, but then, like you mentioned, we believe that maybe we can't have it or that when that fear comes into play, it's really hard to get through it. So there's a song where <laughs> I think it's called Walk the Moon is the name of the band, but they say, I go over, you go I go over, you go under, but together we go through and they're talking about going through challenges. And many times people don't even start to go through it. 100%, 100%. And really the only way through it is through it. And people, yeah. I, I would say that so many of us, myself included, my clients are doing all kinds of things to avoid going through it, whatever yeah, it whatever is. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. And so what I find when I work with a lot of clients is they end up doing things that are easy. So like they're chasing this feeling of being productive or they're beating themselves <laughs> up like I didn't do anything today. So I will go do this like the laundry so that I can feel like I accomplished something today. And then they'll say I was so busy doing the laundry. I couldn't do this over here that I really should have been doing. And I even had a client that every time I asked her what she did every week, I noticed on her list, she gave me a very detailed list and she was very busy. But one of the things that showed up every week was cleaning the oven. Oh now, I don't know about you, but I don't think my oven needed to be cleaned every week. And what I found is that she was doing that to avoid having a difficult conversation with a board member on a nonprofit so she was making herself busy. I'm so busy. I don't have time to have this conversation. I'm so busy. And I'm like, but you're cleaning your oven every week. And she's, I didn't realize I was doing that every week. Like it didn't dawn on her. Like she knew she had a really clean oven, but she didn't realize that was a weekly thing. And what she was using was cleaning, which is easy for her to cope with the fact that she didn't want to do this. And so she was like, I was too busy this week. I had a lot going on. 
Isn't that the beautiful thing about coaching that somebody yeah. gets to have another set of eyes, ears, and maybe even heart to see and call that out for us? And we don't, because we humans, we don't see it, right? Yes. Yeah. See it. But I have to say, I see in my clients a lot of what I call numbing behavior, whether okay. it's eating, drinking, scrolling on devices. But I've never seen somebody kind of numb or avoid cleaning their oven before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also had a lady who did laundry like all the time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. She That was her. Because she said she liked the... She said it was therapeutic to fold laundry. I am on the opposite side of that spectrum. I think folding laundry is the worst thing ever. But he thought she found it therapeutic. So that was like her space. Like, I'm going to go in the laundry room and shut the door and fold laundry. So, And all of this is just fine. A little bit of laundry, a little bit of oven cleaning, a little bit of weeding. I, I tend to weed because it gives yeah. me the space and moving my hands. But it's all in balance, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned numbing behaviors. How do you identify those? If you're somebody who has a list of things that you really want to accomplish, but you're not doing it, how do you go about identifying maybe some of the behaviors that you're using to either numb yourself or to avoid doing what you really do want to do? The best tool that I have, or one of the best tools that I have is the thought model. Have you run into that before? I have. where yeah. And so that's part of this getting stuff done that I do every day is if you write down what you're going to do, try to be on more podcasts, right? And then you notice that you're not doing it. Then you go over to the thought model. Yeah. The thought model is basically you have your circumstance, which is in this example, reach out for a podcast opportunity. And then if you, depending on what your thought is, that drives your feeling, your action, and your result. So mm-hmm. if a person, let's take me, wants to be on more podcasts, the third circumstance is podcast. If I think, oh, let's just say, I think, oh, I don't have anything to say. Why would anybody want to listen to me? Right? Yeah. That's going to drive a feeling like, um let's say, disappointment or fear or some sort of icky feeling, right? That action's going to be that I don't do it, right? Why would I do an action that I believe in my mind is going to lead me to feel crummy? And the result, I don't reach out to a podcast. Yeah. But if the circumstance is the same, the podcast, and I think to myself, basically anything other than my demeaning thought, I'll just reach out. Just Sarah and yeah. see what happens, right? If I think I'll just reach out, then I feel like I'm, I could feel excited or I could feel curious or I could feel upbeat. And that's going to yeah. drive action of going on need a guest, right? Yeah. Putting feelers out there. And the result, the, at least one of the results could be that I get a response or it could be that I did what I said I was going to do or could end up on a podcast. That's why I think the tool of the thought model really helps clients and all of us dive into what we're actually thinking, which is what's mm-hmm. driving that numbing behavior. Just what I said makes sense. And I'm yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes it's just about really breaking down and thinking through the why, because so often we just go through life through the motions, but you've created this very thoughtful, actionable way of figuring out why you're not moving forward with getting it done. I love it. I love that way. I have a client who's really working on her relationship with money. Mm -hmm. Something that I think most of us need to do. And what she does is she's, um, she goes to the dollar shop and just buys things, but not even really things that she, she wants, but she, the, her why is it gives her an upbeat feeling, right? It makes yeah. her, but so if she, stops and asks herself, why am I doing this? Oh, because I want to feel relaxed. I want to feel cheerful. I want to feel this. I want to do that. Then she gives herself the opportunity to choose something else that might give her that same feeling or really be in her mm. in her best version of herself of choosing what she wants to do, right? She's up with her goals. If her goal is to spend mindfully, and thoughtfully, she doesn't want to just find herself in the dollar shop on Friday afternoons buying Lord knows what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I have a friend actually who used the dollar store to get over spending a lot of money, which I thought was interesting. She used to probably go overboard in the holidays for her family and realize that they would open all the stuff. And then two minutes later, it's just like sitting there, especially with the kids. And so she created a tradition at the dollar store where she gave each one of her kids and her spouse, her and her spouse, a hundred dollars, which is a lot in the dollar store. That's a lot of dollars. And they were able to go in there and buy all the presents they wanted for each other and themselves. So like she said, I was spending thousands of dollars on gifts and this limited it. There were a family of four, so it limited to $400. So it cut out 600 and then everybody had to wrap them and open them. And they got the craziest, funniest gifts because spending $100 at the dollar store is not always easy. And, and she said it created so many memories because they got things like bachelors that say funny sayings, but it made the holidays more memorable than if she had spent $1,000 on things that people really wanted. And some of the gadgets went back. Some of them became white elephant gifts, but it changed the whole culture of her holidays for her family. That is an extremely cool example, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. And I think for at first she was like, if I don't get them the new latest, greatest thing, they're going to be devastated. But they really weren't. They were laughing so hard about getting weird magnets for the fridge or whatever else. You can get great stuff at the dollar store too, but they had a lot of fun with it because it was a family project. They all went on different days and you, sometimes they got the same things and sometimes they're like, where did you even find that? <laughs> I just love that, Sarah. That is a great idea. Yeah. And like she said, if there was something really memorable that they wanted to do, she might buy them that thing for their birthday or other things. But 
it definitely saved a lot of money. So it's such a perfect example of the feeling is the highest desire, right? She yep. was going after a feeling. Yeah. She thought that the way to get that feeling was by spending more than she actually chose to, but then she re redid it and found that she could get that feeling with the dollar store. That is yeah. great example. And even more, like she got way more than she thought. And originally it was going to be a one-year thing. Let's do this for a year, save money. And now they've been doing it. I want to say I've known her for 14 years. They've been doing this forever. The kids are grown. <laughs> amazing. Truly yeah. amazing. Cool. So one of the things that you do with clients is really help them identify how to start living or how they want to start living. What is that process like? the discovery process of that? That's a really great question because really, even though start living for me means more time, more energy, more money, and more joy, mm -hmm. a lot of times that's not the starting point for people because, and, and that it in a way gets back to what you said about niches, right? It's a marketing thing, like what the people think they want is mm -hmm. less stress, right? Fewer bills. Like they, they tend to think of what they want is of less of. Does that make sense what I said? Yeah. So yeah. we have to start in a lot of, not all the time, but like my example of my client who wants to walk, wants to start moving her body, right? That's really because health and wellness is the big thing for her. We have to, we had to back it up with where we've got to start here to support you moving your body. Mm. And part of that was clearing up. It's like, it's like when you decide to, you want a tidy closet, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you have to clear out what's in your closet that's not working to create more space. Yeah. So we go in and we find out. What's going on? The people generally have an idea of what they want. And then they think that there's things in the way, like not having enough time, right? Mm -hmm. You were saying about your client. And then you start digging down. Well, why aren't you cleaning your oven every week, right? Yeah. Like, and what else could be happening? That right there would be a great example of giving that client of yours more time. And more energy if she's not if she's not cleaning her oven every week. Yeah, or my client who thinks that she's got to be interacting with her children every waking hour. Okay, so if you if that's your belief that you need to be interacting with your children every waking hour, how can we marry that with your desire to move your body? Yeah. And I think that is a great point that you said that a lot of people start with how what they want less of rather than what they want more of. I think that's really interesting perspective. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I have truly loved this conversation. If you are listening and you were like, how do I work with Susie? I'd love to have you share with the listeners how they might work with you, how they'd find you and what they might expect. That's a great question. Thank you. They can go to coachsusiegiddy.com. That will take them to my website. 
and they have different packages depending on what the person wants. A really good way to get started working with me is to just start with a four-session package. It's for people who really either have a short-term goal or yeah. really are new to coaching. They don't really know what coaching is all about. They don't know me. They want to see. And then it goes up from there to, I think, six weeks and on, depending on how what kind of a deep dive. Also, I don't know if you have this ability or not, Sarah, but I would give away these start living, getting stuff done. So if they go to my website and they just have to click through, uh-huh. they'll find a place where they put in their email and they automatically get sent this. So they can just start like pretty much right away. Great. Yeah, I can link that in the show notes as well. Because that thing people would feel like, okay, good. I listened to this podcast and I can get going on creating the life I want right yeah. now, this second. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we can link that in the show notes for sure. Perfect. All right. I have enjoyed this conversation and I know the listeners will enjoy it as well. So thank you all. Thank you, Susie, for being on the show. And thank you all for tuning in. It's time to get out there and crush your goals and everything that gets in the way. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. Thanks for tuning in.